following is a chapter reading by the Worm Audiobook Project. Please support the original author at parahumans.wordpress.com. Thank you and enjoy. Arc 29, Chapter 4 Lights flickered as we made our way inside. It looked like a hospital, but not an abandoned one. Things were pristine, the walls and tiled floor a clean, untouched white. It wasn't a place that had been left to deteriorate. The stark, clean nature of the place made for a contrast where the damage had been done. There were gouges in the walls, things torn free from walls and ceilings, scorch marks from both acid and fire, and damaged chairs, cabinets, and lockers. I noted the contents of the lockers and cabinets that had been torn open. Glass vials, empty, clear fluids, medical tools still in plastic wrappers with paper covers that could be torn away. But for the disorganization, it was all in excellent condition. It didn't look like it had even been touched. The longer I looked, the less it seemed like a hospital, and the less real it seemed. It was more like someone had taken sections of a hospital, removing everything like the nurses' stations and the rooms for the patients, leaving only the hallways and doors that sat flush against the floor, airtight. I would have thought it was all staged, but a check with my bugs confirmed that there was a minimum of dust, even in places people wouldn't be able to see. Why take that much time to clean areas that were never going to get used? Tattletale, I asked. How's the connection? The Dragonfly is relaying the connection to from the towers, which are relaying from Gimmel. Kind of impressive when you think about it. I'm thinking this stuff tells a story. Can you fill us in? Information wins fights. I heard a noise from behind me. A grunt or a scoff. I turned to look, but I couldn't see who it had been. Lung? Shadowstalker? Gollum? Cuff? All were possible, on different levels. Lung might have been dismissive. Cuff bemoaning the fact that I was harping on that particular point yet again. I'd reiterated it a few dozen times when justifying the stakeouts in a few cases of infiltration. I can see the path they took, Tattletail said. You're facing the direction the Irregulars headed. They got more agitated as they made their way through. Excitement, anger, a mess of negative emotions. Bottled up for years, finally released. I nodded. I could imagine it now. Almost see them in the hallway. Forty-three of them. Case 53s. Weld's entire group. We have data on them? I asked. My eye fell on one of the doors. It looked so ordinary, but someone had hit it and it had dented, metal and apparently well-reinforced, with a good section of the door fitting into the wall. Already had the files open. There's not a lot of details on most of them, but they aren't exactly in the public eye. You only get sightings, and apparently PRT paperwork where Protectorate members get sent to check in on them every once in a while, make sure they're okay. The others, well, you're aware of Weld and Gully and Gentle Giant, I could recap for the people who wouldn't know. I know enough, Lung said. 
I would rather not have a voice prattling in my ear when I could be listening for trouble. Oh, hey, Imp said. Through the bugs I'd planted on him, I could feel Lung reacting to her sudden appearance. I wouldn't mind hearing this info. Cliff notes? You're doing this to irritate me, Lung said. He's sharp in some ways, I thought. Don't get your gonads in a twist. I just want to know what we're walking into. I heard a growl, and my first thought was that Imp had pushed the wrong button. I turned, my hand moving to my knife. But it was Rachel's dog, Huntress, her nose pressed to a door. I watched each of the others prepare for a fight, or not prepare, as the case was. Lung remained very casual, almost calm, while Canary backed away, putting as much distance between herself and the door as she could. She was in better armor than most of us, with one of Saint's Dragonslayer suits, but she still saw herself as vulnerable. Hell, I saw her as vulnerable. My bugs moved around the door's perimeter, and I could sense only damage around the handle, as airtight as any door. I drew my knife, then gave Rachel a nod to go. She kicked the door handle, and the door swung open. Blood. Corpses. Three dead Case 53s. Two men and a woman. A cat man with far too many teeth in his mouth, even covering the roof and the space beneath his long, narrow tongue. Something that looked like keyboards on his forearms. A reptile, not so different from neuter, but with no mouth or nose, only two over-large eyes. The last was a girl, squares of flesh, intersped with patches of cloth. Her mouth was only a tear in the cloth. Their throats had been neatly slashed. The patchwork girl bled like anyone else might, and they'd been dragged into this room. It was clear from the way that the blood trail su suddenly stopped that someone had cleaned up. Stragglers. The Irregulars were moving as a tight group, keeping close to one another, but Satirical and his team blindsided the ones at the back, killed them, dragged them off, then one of them cleaned up the evidence. Florit, probably. And Sater probably masqueraded as these three, I said. He's in Weld's group. Probably. Then we need to move fast, I said. Good job, Rachel, Huntress. Rachel only grunted in acknowledgement. You're thanking the dog? Shadowstalker asked, incredulous. I'm thanking people that are being useful, I said, my voice hard. If you want to be one of them, maybe scout the rooms we're passing by. She didn't obey right away, but she did obey. She disappeared through a door. The lights momentarily went out. For an instant, I thought Shadowstalker had been electrocuted, walking straight into a wire. They flickered on again. There were no windows, no sources of light beyond the lighting that was supposed to glow evenly from the high ceiling above. When the lights flickered out again, the darkness was absolute, all-consuming. As seconds creeped on and the light failed to return, I wondered if we'd be continuing this in the dark. Lung used his power, creating a flame in his hand. It didn't make for much light, only enough to illuminate our group. 
Gollum raised his hands to his helmet, then paused. Go ahead, I told him. The lights mounted on Gollum's helmet turned on, followed soon after by cuff-sewn lights. I could see the way they were turning their heads, trying to cover both ends of the hallway. I don't sense anyone, I said. No, wait. There was someone. Something. I'd sensed it at the meeting the doctor had arranged. The spirit. The ghost. So subtle it was almost impossible to notice. The currents of the air. The faintest tra of traces and dust that marked where she'd traveled. All things I'd mentally dismissed. Air tended to move. Only the fact was that this was a closed space without any kind of air conditioning or temperature difference made the movements of the air curious. Paying attention, I could see that there was a pattern, a constant repetition in air currents so feeble they might not have moved a feather. The lights flickered back on, went out, then settled in a compromise. The dull, translucent pain in the ceiling lit up with a patchwork of maybe two-thirds dark and one-third light. We're here to help, I called out. My voice echoed down the hall. I thought you didn't sense anyone, Canary said. I don't, I said. Then who are you talking to? I don't think it's a who, Imp said. Try what are you talking to? Shh, I bid them to be quiet. I could sense more movements in the air. Close. No. That was a result of Lung's fire heating the air. Further down the hall. If I use enough bugs, try to get a sense of the dimensions. Ahead. Part of a torso. I could feel the contours of narrow shoulders, the waist. Female. She disappeared, or she became less coherent the movements in the air continuing, but ceasing to suggest a general human shape. Another appeared behind us, roughly as far away. No arms, no legs, just a broken figure. Help me out, Tattletail? I asked. Help with what? The custodian. I'm not getting anything usable, she said. Video cameras suck like that. Right, I said. Louder, I called out. We're here to help the doctor. You've got two other groups in here. One that's definitely hostile, angry, and destructive. And another I think is worth being suspicious of. Of movement. A reaction to that last sentence. I explained. Maybe they seem friendly, but they've got a bad history of backstabbing. Making subtle plays for power. I think the doctor would back me up on this, if she's cooperating with them at all. She's doing it with knowledge they'll capitalize on any weakness she shows, and she's never been weaker than she is right now. The figure turned around, briefly fading out of existence. She reappeared in a way that made me wonder just how long she'd been there, a foot away from me. We're not your enemies, I said, holding my ground. I want to stop Scion, and the best, easiest way to do that is to get things back in working order here. For an instant, she was in four places at once. Then she settled on three. 
it struck me that I'd never fared particularly well against stranger class powers. If it helps, I said, I'm pissed. The doctor called you the custodian, which probably means that you're the one taking care of this place. If you're not completely emotionless, it hurts that they're tearing it apart. If you care about the doctor, I'm betting you're worried. Maybe you feel like I do. You want to retaliate, but something is getting in your way. And then she was gone. So, uh, you're kind of tense there, boss, Imp said. She's gone, I said. I'm pretty sure. Question is, is there really a crazy janitor lady? Imp asked. Or is Skitter finally going mad? If there are no more obstacles, we should go, Lung said. I nodded. I started walking at a good clip, reorganizing my swarm to check the areas around corners. A series of eight or so doors to our right were open now. Shadowstalker lurked at the end of the hallway. She must have been walking through the walls while the power was out, opening every door and passing. Just saying, Imp kept talking. Custodian? Knowing what we do about your origins, kinda a thing. The doctor, if you don't think about it, what if we're all? Imp, I interrupted her, all too aware of the presence of Lung in Shadowstalker. Not now, not here. Radio. She's nervous, I told myself, before I could get too irritated. But her way of dealing with that came at my expense. I didn't need to be reminded of my weakest moments. I really didn't need any head games, intentional or otherwise. With the doors open, it was possible to see the room interiors, offices, perfectly ordered and empty of people, desks, file holders to neatly sort out paperwork, bookcases with texts, all of it even, ordered, no pages sticking up or books missing from shelves. Still want that briefing, Imp? Tattletail asked. Huh? Briefing? On the irregulars. Oh, right. I'll take that as a no. I sent my bugs out, directing them to collect a few things. Two booklets, the most substantial material my bugs could hold and still carry. They shouldn't have been able to pull this off, Tattletail said. I thought of Contessa, and of the Custodian. They did, though, I said, and at the worst possible point in time. Well, doesn't dumb, Shadowstalker said, as she stepped out of one room and crossed the hall. Except maybe with people. Kind of put his big metal foot in his big metal mouth, I remember. But he's not dumb when it comes to powers or strategy. He had a few years to figure this out. Hey, Imp said, you're not allowed to say nice things about people. You shot my brother with an arrow, messed with people I respect. I've been waiting for that cinematic moment where you and I find ourselves alone and I get my revenge. Don't fucking delude it by being nice. Shadowstalker stared at Imp, standing her ground as we, Imp included, made our way up to the hallway where she was. You're irritating, Shadowstalker said, her voice dripping with condescension, 
dismissive. That said, she disappeared through the nearest door. Better, Ev muttered. I used the arms of my flight pack to grab the booklets my bugs had brought to me. The contents of each were bound into books. I paged through the booklets. The cover of the first read, ASDEC 01 Employee Responsibilities Contingency C-2-6 The second was ASDEC 01 Employee Responsibilities Contingency F-4-7 Both, at a glance, very similar inside. I looked at the inside cover. Contingency C-2-6 Transmigration Then page upon page of jargon, references to other files, to organizations, and places I had no concept of, and things I knew of, but not in this context. Overseers, Terminus, and, again, the word transmigration. It lacked flow, as the writing went, more of a technical manual in the end. I could tell from the structure that things had been done by computer, so that information specific to the employee and the employee's role could be injected at the appropriate spots. I flipped through the book, continuing to scout with my bugs and use them to check our surroundings for possible danger. Only endless hallways. You reading over my shoulder, Tattletail? I asked. I had the camera on my mask. I am. Thinking what I'm thinking? Accord was two-timing us, Tattletail said. Doubling up so he had enough of a power base to enact his plans, whatever happened. Except for, you know, the whole dying thing, Imp added. Are you getting the gist of this, Tattletail? I asked. Picking up pieces of it. I'd ask you to scan the thing and let me have access to all of it, but that's not exactly reasonable, is it? Just give me the byline. A plan for if the Endbringers win. A plan for if Scion wins. A plan if we come out ahead and beat both of them. Recurring themes in all of the plans. No plan survives contact with the enemy, Lung rumbled. Foolish. Accord makes pretty fucking good plans, Tattletail said. I do not know this Accord, and I only trust what I experience myself, so this is only prattle to me. How does this turn out? I asked. Cauldron ruling the world? Honestly? I don't think so. Cauldron's primary interest seems to be humanity, keeping us going, minimizing chances of war and conflict. All of this seems to be geared around that, setting things up so we aren't fucked however things go down. Right, I said. Where do the powers come in? I think... well, I don't ha have enough to say anything for sure. But the underlying assumption seems to be that parahumans are going to take charge, one way or the other. So they're wanting to set things up so they happen naturally. They would have been vetting clients, finding the ones who'd work best. They don't identify them as anything except number, but I think Coil was a test case. I nodded. So are we. I had an idea, I said. Yeah, but there's more. I don't know how much more. Yet. Can you flip ahead? Maybe about three quarters of the way through? There should be a bit about overseers in the terminus. Flip through. Slower. 
show me show more of the pages. I'll go back through the video feed to view each page on my own and figure out the rest myself. Further down the hallway, Shadowstalker stepped out of a room. I looked, keeping my head at the same general angle so the camera would continue to have a view of the book, still flipping. Shadowstalker was pointing. My swarm caught up with her, flowing into the room. I glanced into the room as we passed. Two more bodies. Two men. Large. Both bristling with horns. One with curling horns like a ram. The other with horns like a bull. Satyr, Tattletail confirmed. Again. Huh, Shadowstalker muttered. She was leaning against the thorn frame, her arms folded. He's efficient. Did she just sound like she was approving? I lowered the booklet, raising my head to give Shadowstalker a serious look. She only made a small, smug sound, like she was pleased. Or pleased with herself. And then turned around, her cloak flaring out before she disappeared through the wall. This long-delayed revenge thing is getting easier all the time, Imp commented. No revenge, I said. Not to put too fine of a point on it, but you're sounding a lot less like Imp, and a whole lot like... Well... Regent, she said. I nodded. The desire for revenge, the way the wisecracking was veering off course, to uncomfortable or dangerous levels. Be nice if he was here, was all she said. I nodded again. The hallway reached a T-junction at the end, with a path going off to the left, and a stairwell to the right that led down, deeper into the building. I could sense just how thick the floor was. Most buildings only had a few feet separating each story, but here, there was solid matter nearly as thick as the open spaces. A fortress? A fortress has soldiers. A shelter? Doesn't make sense they try to set up shelter in a place like this. It also made the descent to the next floor down take just long enough that it felt like something was wrong, winding our way down. There are backup plans if the whole parahumans as leaders thing didn't work out. Brainwashing leaders like they were brainwashed the Case 53s, so the leaders were absolute and could be trusted. Um, distribution and organization for getting things going again, depending on how many threats remain after we make it all through this. They didn't know what the end of the world would be like, what we'd be up against, so they could only ballpark here. The reason for these offices? Cauldron's going to staff this place. It's going to be a hub, police, a whole lot more, up until humanity's got the ball rolling again. No way that doesn't fall apart, Gollum said. I nodded a little. Power fucks everything up, doesn't it? He asked. Speaking of fucked up, you should know. Sion just hit Dalit. It's ugly. Getting worse with every attack. A little more ruthless. Toying with specific people. Breaking them before he obliterates their friends. He's going to hit our settlement again if the pattern holds. Within the next half an hour to an hour. I sighed. Nothing we could do but hope the defenders could hold their own. I looked at Lung. What? he asked. You wanted to come with us. Odd choice. I tried. I did nothing in the end. I do not like being... 
Impotent? Imp offered. Lung growled his response. A mere bystander. We reached a set of double doors, a foot thick, solid. They overlapped rather than met, effectively doubling the thickness, allowing for their structure to reinforce one another. They'd been destroyed, pried apart. An impressive feat, considering they were looked like they were meant to withstand charging elephants. Or parahumans. It's a prison. The thought struck me as we passed through, getting a glimpse of the floor below. Rows and columns of cells, connected in strings of ten or so. Most cells were occupied. Not Case 53s, going by what my bugs told me. The Case 53s were the outliers here. These were people who I might have seen on the street in Brockton Bay, all in matching outfits. Men, women, children. All young, 25 or younger. All more or less in good health, if a touch thin. My swarm touched each of them as I tried to take in their total numbers. They're here, someone called out. They can't see us from this angle, I thought. Then it dawned on me that everyone here had powers. Some had powers that would sense us. Did it work? The person from before called out. A woman. Hey, did it work? They aren't the same people as before, a man said. We needed to move on. The double doors leading down to the next flight had been torn apart as well. And that meant the Irregulars, Revel, Exalt, Vantage, and quite possibly the Doctor were all downstairs. But the noise level increased with every passing second. Cheering, shouts, cries, even threats to urge us to move faster, in a dozen different languages, maybe more. The noise swelled as others took up the cry, people screaming at the tops of their lungs. And they were threatening to draw attention to us in the process. I drew on my relay bugs, sending the swarm downstairs, trying to figure out if we'd just alerted well than the others. They think we're here to rescue them, Gollum said. Aren't we? Cuff asked. I mean, it's not why we came, but we can't leave without them. We're not heartless. That she made it a question was telling. That she directed the question at me was... I didn't even have the words to articulate it. Yes, I said. Yes, of course. If we rescue them, then it causes trouble. Too many to look after, Lung said. Chaos can help us, Shadowstalker observed. We are going to rescue them, I said. It's just a question of when and how. I walked forward until I could see the cells and their occupants. Hundreds of cells, and there weren't anything blocking them off. Open doors, with nothing visible that would keep the prisoners inside. Most consisted of only three walls and a white line painted on the floor. Beside each cell was a metal plate engraved with a number. Oh my god. Cuff's voice was touched with quiet horror, almost lost in the rising noise. Look how pale they are. They've been here a long time. 
These guys haven't been here for that long, Tattletail said. Or they're the newest. 2,050 cells, I'm thinking. Maybe half of them occupied. All the structural reinforcements, the heavy doors, the traps on the ceiling, it's to keep the prisoners in. But you don't need to put security doors in going downstairs if there's no way out. There's more cells downstairs, with older patients. Plus, I think, the hub of Cauldron's operations. This can't be for humanity's sake, Gollum said. It is, Tattletail said. Everything they've been doing is for our sake. Producing better formulas to get more soldiers for the biggest, most important fights. Weaning out the bad formulas so nobody important gets them. And the Case 53s? I asked. Dismissed as bad formulas? At first, maybe. But there's a use to them. As a rule, they're stronger, tougher. If we're forced to make a break for it, scatter humanity and survive with the remnants, the K-53s can settle places you and I couldn't. I think there's something else, but I don't see it. Let me keep looking. There's gotta be a hint. Might have to get, get you to run upstairs and fetch a file or something. Tattletail trailed off, going silent but for the occasional mumble. Was this the army that Cauldron wanted to deploy? Men and women with powers they didn't ask for, released with stipulations, or simply deposited on a battlefield and left to fight or run? It felt too thin. Even this many capes. They were untrained. Their powers presumably unpracticed. They wouldn't amount to more than cannon fodder. I stopped, feeling the scale of it all. Hundreds of cells. Hundreds of voices. Quiet! I called out. My voice was lost in the noise. Quiet! I used my swarm to transmit my voice. Some listened, as if waiting for me to say something else. I wasn't sure what I could say. I glanced at my teammates, searching for an idea before something came to me. Save your energy. Don't exhaust yourselves shouting. They listened quieting down, at first. But excitement won over. There was no way to communicate their excitement other than by talking to their cellmates, or the people in cells across from them. But as the general volume rose, they had to raise their voices to be heard. It didn't help that the entire area was a giant acoustic sounding board. I could sing, Canary said, raising her voice to be heard. But I think I'd calm you guys down, too. Rachel whistled, a shrill sound that almost made my bugs wince in pain. Not a soothing song. In the silence that followed, Bastard shook his head a little, then snapped at open air. Too sharp for his wolf senses? Good, Lung said. Rachel only scowled at his approval. He added, you have to follow this with something that drives the point home. Make them fear us? I asked. I remembered Bakuda's commentary on her lessons from Lung. Fear? Respect. Lung said. Same thing, Shadowstalker said. Lung shrugged. I didn't feel like arguing the point. The crowd was very patiently waiting. They were barely making a sound now. Which was good, but there wasn't any guarantee they wouldn't get riled up as we made our way down to the next floor. Bastard shook his head again, 
Rachel and I both looked at the same time, then made eye contact. I spread my bugs throughout the area, felt the custodian flowing through the air a little faster than before. She flew towards me, and I flinched, taking a step back. She repeated the process, looping back, then charging me. This time, when I took a step back, it was on purpose. She did it for a second time because she wanted me to take a second step, and a third, and a fourth. Go, I said. This way. Move. We ran. I focused on my swarm, spreading the bugs out as much as I could behind us and in front of us. Different cells sat on the end of the hallway, bigger cells, arranged so that they faced the opposite direction, with paths leading in, then to the right, then back into the room. 293, an empty, unlabeled cell. 265, two more empty, unlabeled cells. Bastard shook his head again, opened his mouth an almost yawning, lazy bite. I could sense the custodian there, brushing the side of his face. I moved the swarm to block the other inmates' view of us. Head, I started, but Rachel was already making her way inside of one of the empty cells. She'd pushed the pieces together. Right. I hung back, looking over my shoulder as the others filed in the cells. I hurried down the hallway, then kicked the door. I saw a glimpse of a stairwell, identical to the one we'd used at the far end of the room. I reversed direction, then ducked into the same corridor the others had entered. Let the people nearby think we'd left. I wasn't sure it was the brightest thing, taking the dead end over the open-ended exit, but the custodian had suggested this. I felt a moment's trepidation. Why? You're being followed, Telltale said. I shook my head a little. I could sense my bugs. Nothing. Was it a trap? Would the custodian shut some kind of door on us, locking us within? No, she had no reason to, as hard to define as she was. I pulled the camera free from my mask, then pressed it against the side of the mounts on the cell exterior that would have held the number plate. I ducked inside. Tattletail? I get it, I get it. Might need to ask for help on this one. Sit tight. The cell was empty, but it featured a double bed, a television, a computer, a small bookshelf of cases with stuff to watch or play, and an odd little double-layered glass window that looked out onto a wall of gravel. I joined the others, drawing my phone from my pocket. It took a moment for Tattletail to manage the link-up. And you've got video. I'm brilliant. Admit it. You're brilliant, I said. If I'd had this idea earlier, I would have wound up with a better vantage point. As it was, we viewed the scene from a distance. I held the phone flat, so our group could circle around to observe from different angles. The noise of the crowd became a roar, muffled to near silence by the cell's walls. The occupants wouldn't have heard the other prisoners, except in the most extreme cases. I could see the irregulars as they entered from the same direction we had. I could see the crowd that had followed the irregulars. Case 53s. Kind of? No. Different. The way they spread out, their haggard appearances, 
They made for the best clues when these individuals were just silhouettes seen from 300 feet away. But they got closer, and I could see how they differed. They didn't take on the traits of animals, nor simple mutations or exaggerations in features. There was a man that burned, who staggered forward like it hurt, but it, he wasn't consumed. A woman who floated, every part of her body in a distinct piece, separated by open space. It made her look twice as tall. A something that inched forward, occasionally running to keep up with the crowd, hands and feet like flippers, but the face was an orifice, and the thin worms were spilling out, swarming over the surface of its body in numbers so thick that the flesh underneath was impossible to see. Case 53s that Cauldron had kept in reserve, it seemed. I could see the anger in them, the tension, the wariness that came with having what well, had to have been how long? With the hair, the beards, maybe years of confinement, maybe even solitary confinement. On camera, I could see this. I couldn't feel them with my bugs, couldn't see them couldn't hear them. A revised image, an edited image, as if the whole crowd had been erased with some careful photo editing, sound editing, touch editing? Oh, hey, Tattletail said. Anyone else having a trouble getting a read on those guys? I am telling myself we may fight soon, Long rumbled, but my power is not responding as it should. Looking at them, seeing what they look to be worthy opponents with little to lose. I should be feeling it build faster, a pressure within me. I can't see or hear them with my bugs, let alone touch them, I told Tattletail. Over an entire area, Mantelium, Tattletail said, the guy with the built-in cloak dead center. I looked, but the crowd moved. They were talking. We didn't have audio. There was only the rise and fall of the crowd's shouts, letting us know when people were talking and when they were reacting to statements. On camera, people began to leave cells. It's a power with layers. Each successive layer enhances the level of protection. Except everything on record says the range it blocks powers only extends about 15 feet. Get within 5 feet, no senses work. It's not supposed to be 100 feet like this. Six times the range, Cuff said. Somehow. I pursed my lips. The doctor? Probably downstairs. Look at the way the group at the rear is set up. They're watching to make sure no one comes upstairs. I think they have the doctor trapped down there. They have us trapped here, too. I didn't say it out loud. Canary looked scared, and both Lung and Rachel looked restless. There's this guy that looks like he's in charge. You see him? It was a voice over the earbuds, but it wasn't Tattletail. You're an idiot, Tattletail said. I love you for this, but you're an idiot. Who? I asked. Imp, Tattletail said. Imp? It took me a second. Imp. Damn it. Gru would kill me. She was close enough to overhear, and this many parahumans. So many ways she could be detected. Mr. Beautiful, Imp said. He says they're free. Oh, whoops, here we go. The cells emptied. 
it was almost like the order being given was a stone dropped on the water's surface. The movement of the cell's occupants, the ripple. The ones who didn't hear the man speak reacted to the other's movement, and the chain reaction continued. Hundreds of people. Hundreds of victims. The roar of the crowd increased in volume. I could feel the floor vibrating. No power at work. Just a lot of people stomping and cheering. The custodian moved a little, then stopped. I could sense her more than before, a disturbance, agitated. She was the one that had been enforcing the peace, keeping people contained in cells without doors. Now, either Mantilium or the strange Case 53s were keeping her at bay, preventing her from seeing to her duties. The lights flickered, a little worse than before. They're gonna come here, that Shadow Stalker said. I spent time in Juvie. If someone had a nice toothbrush, cookies from Mom, there was jealousy, retaliation. I nodded a little. And a cushy cell like this... They will come, Lung said. The irises of his eyes were orange, and hive-like lumps were standing out on his skin, where scales threatened to push forth. I can win, but you will all most likely die in the time I require. I need all the people who can bore through solid steel, he says. Imp spoke over the comms. Lung's plan can be plan A. Let's hear plan B, I said. We run, Shadowstalker said. Door's right there. I can make barriers, Gollum said. The roaring dimmed. The man was speaking. The cupboard door beneath the large television seemed to rattle with more intensity. Custodian says, door? She stopped. Barriers, Tattletale said. We'd have to get past more security doors, ones the Irregulars haven't dealt with. Quite possibly other security measures. Imp spoke up. Pretty guy saying, traitors to our kind. See they get the justice they deserve. Oh, hey. I looked at the phone. Weld, mangled to the point he looked more like scrap metal than a person, was heaved forward, thrown to the ground. A sphere rolled forward, something coiled within behind the colored, translucent pane. Someone in the crowd grabbed it, then made their hands glow. Fire? Heating the material? I couldn't tell at this distance, but I could see the movement within accelerate in fits and starts. Weld reached out for the sphere, but his arm was so badly damaged it couldn't hold his weight. It bent the wrong way, breaking off. When he rolled over onto his back, the forearm was stuck to his upper arm, hand to his shoulder and neck. If he'd been human, if half of that much damage had been done, there would have been no way he'd be alive. Doesn't get much worse than a crowd this mad, Shadowstalker said, her voice low. I can probably make a break for it and get away. Not usually my thing to be nice, but... You want me to pass on any messages? Last words? My memory is shit, but I can try. The crowd was reacting, the contents of the room shaking with the sound. Out there, it would be deafening. And they moved. People were parting the way, 
opening a path to our end of the hallway. The camera gave us a view of the central gang, a spiky boy with yellow skin, a man with exaggerated masculine and feminine features, a caricature, burdened with muscle. There was Gully, the muscular girl with the shovel, braids, and the severe overbite who'd helped out against Echidna, looking ill at ease, a boy with red skin, sanguine. As they got closer, I could feel my power changing, to tell a lie. No people in the area, a conspicuous clearing in the gap. There were enough people to push my insects around, wherever they were, but my brain was revising it to make sense of the scene. It was unusual enough to grab my attention, though, but not accurate enough for me to use it. Feel up to singing? I asked Canary. They'd hurt me before I got anywhere, she said. Probably. I'll try. I closed my eyes. I could feel my swarm out there, both inside and outside of Mantilium's power. But I couldn't do anything meaningful to the crowd with it. Satiricals out there, I said. His people... Tattletail spoke. Probably happened to be the ones who stayed behind to dig for the doctor. Nobody's there in Satirical's group who's going to be able to deal with this mob. Probably nobody in the doctor's group either. I nodded, drawing my knife, the one Defiant had given me. Not enough to cut our way to freedom, judging by the gravel outside the double pane window. We were sitting beside layers of rock. The knife could get us to the next cell, maybe the cell next to that, but it wouldn't let us get anywhere fast enough to outpace the crowd. Plan A, then, Long spoke somber. For your sacrifice, I will grant you a favor. Tell me you want to kill someone, an enemy you want gone. We're not going to die, I growled the words. I began forming the swarm into a decoy, a distraction. If I could get the crowd's attention, lead them upstairs. The pretty man outside spoke and I could see his lips move on the camera. There was no need for translation. Revenge. This time, the jeering was just outside our cell. The mob advanced. Hi, this is Ronku. You just finished listening to a chapter from Arc 29, Venom. From the web serial Worm by J.C. McRae. This production is brought to you by the Worm Audiobook Project. If you'd like to know more about us, or to volunteer your own services, please check us out at audioworm.rein-online.org. You can download or listen to every chapter directly from our site, or you can find us on iTunes or any podcast app under Worm Audiobook. Thank you for listening.